Welcome to Always Strikes Last, an Age of Sigmar podcast with your hosts, Matt and Miles. Hi guys, we are Always Strikes Last. We are Always Strikes Last. That's a good, that's what we are. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm Miles. I'm Matt. And yeah, and we're Always Strikes Last. We said that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, this is, this is our second episode. Isn't that great? Thank yeah. You. It's, it's a little crazy. Thank you for everybody who stuck around this long. There was one and now there's two. Uh, it's doubled. Yes. It's, <laughs> is- it's two, two guys. In two episodes. Yay. Yay. Two, two guys, two episodes. Yeah. <laughs> Always <laughs> strikes last two guys, two episodes. Yes. yes. <laughs> oh, I like that. Uh, we were going to start off this episode with, uh, we got, we got a bunch of feedback from people who were listening to last episode. Actually, let me, let me take it back a little second. And that was really awesome. So if you are listening to this episode or you're listening to some episode in the future, whenever, you know, Get off your flying cell phone scooters and tell us uh, (laughs) that joke's not going to land. Anyway, um, (laughs) give us the info from the past so we can put it in the future. We'd love to hear your feedback. uh, What's working? What's not working? Uh, That's that's how we make these things better. So we're going to start this episode with uh, a segment that we're calling Requires Two Hands, which is our hobby segment, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, for those playing at, uh, at home, uh, the Warhammer Fantasy Battles uh, Universal Special Rules Bingo uh, requires two hands is one. So, you know, mark it down. We'll see who gets there first. Well done. <laughs> uh, so uh, we we came up with this. I, uh, we want to do a hobby segment. And I was thinking about something that I was building recently. Uh, I made a bunch of Saurus Knights for that list that we talked about last time. And they were, they're good. They're good models. They are old models. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but still, they got a lot of character. And I think, you know, as long as you don't paint them like GW, they, they can look really cool and be fun models. But um, I don't know whether it's the the technology in early 2000s or whenever they were cast or, or, you know, the plastic itself is old or what's happening, but I had an absolute heck of a time, hell of a time. I don't know why I decided to censor myself. Uh, just getting the, getting the riders put together, you know, so it's the classic sort of mounted unit rider where you have the mount and then you have uh, sort of two leg pieces that come on for the rider. Now, was this the, the bendy plastic, like the weird stuff that like, Breaks no, off and it, it wasn't that point. bad. It, it it was the standard GW gray. You know, it's got the little gold flakes in it, which is why it's so expensive. Yeah, and uh, it, it was it looked pretty standard, but you know, maybe it's maybe the molds are getting old. I don't know. Um, but uh, in some of the newer kits, those uh, those three pieces, right, the mount, uh, left leg, and right leg, you know, come together pretty nicely and all sort of fit flush. Uh, but at least this kit, they don't in any way shape or form there's massive gaps even on the plastic kit there seems to be no way to really get them together so that they're all flush and i remembered 
having the same problem when I was putting together my Bretonians way back when. Yeah, those those were nightmares to put together. I, I put together an army for for a friend, all of uh, of all Bretonians. Oh man, and it was uh, it was disturbing to not yeah. have to play them. At least I could kill them. There's that. Um, we so. <laughs> I said I wasn't going to say um. That was some feedback I got. And here I am. I'm probably a dozen ums in already. Uh, you know, <laughs> got to keep it fresh. We uh, can hear my dog in the background. So there we go. That's all right. for the chorus. But, uh, you know, there's lots of new exciting cavalry coming out. And oh. right between the, the Luminef kangaroo guys, those guys look great. Or they got the hero. They have two mounted heroes. Um, Did I see two mounted uh, heroes? Um, maybe. Maybe. Uh, I don't remember. They've got the they've got the name character, which is the he's he's the mounted hero, and then they have the you know the generic a Roo Lord, right? It's it's not it's not even like it's not an Alpha Roo. It's something oh, else. It's okay. uh, it's a totally different creature, which I'm excited about. Uh, ooh, That's cool. Future episodes dedicated to the entirety of that army. Yeah, especially as like we're starting to get some previews now and get some more details, but once we can really sit down with the book and go through it, we'll, we'll have to do a whole episode on, on the new Lumineth, especially given that we like complained about them for 45 minutes last episode. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> um, uh, the, the side tangent and we can, we could always cut this out if it's too much, but, okay. uh, uh, I, I can't wait to just do a whole episode on just, uh, piling in and, uh, those rules, the new the the new preview for those. I don't even care if they're not good in combat. The pile in rules for that army have me so excited that uh, I I'm at loss for words to describe nice. how excited I am. That's no no that's good. Uh, and so we'll definitely do an episode then. And if you're excited about that episode, let us know, and we'll I don't know we'll move it up the priority list. This we're so organized. We have such a priority list of stuff we're going to talk about. We are the most organized podcast that has two episodes uh, out there. <laughs> right now e- either way if uh, maybe you're maybe you're excited about the new lumineth or you got some of those new seekers for slanesh uh or you just like cavalry right maybe you got a bunch of gore gruntas i don't know presumably there's some other cavalry out there all centigores <laughs> just all centigores um just all centigores but one thing i did uh, uh which worked out pretty well was those the sort of the three pieces again it's the mount the left leg and the right leg uh, they didn't really come together well, and I wanted to paint the rider separately, at least for the base coat, because I was going to do an airbrush on it, and then I wasn't going to be able to do that if it was already on the guy on the mount. Um, and so to to get the leg pieces to come together and in a way that like fit onto the um, onto the mount very really well, uh, what I ended up doing this is super secret uh hobby hack was i took a bit of scotch tape and put it on the the mount on the saddle um so that as i glued the rider together if it if i got some glue onto the mount it just hit the hit the tape and then it would all peel off and so i never thought about that (laughs) i thought it was genius i don't know how i ever didn't think of it either um but uh that worked pretty well and I was able to get, you know, I just had like my one model Saurus or cold one, right? And then all the Saurus warriors or uh, riders fit onto that guy. And we just hope that they fit on the other ones. But <laughs> otherwise, it's just, just cram them on there. Uh, 
Yeah, because the the uh, super glue, I use a lot of super glue. I know some people who are really into plastic glue, but uh, at least if you're using super glue, it will not go through the the scotch tape, and and then you can sort of uh, have your guys separate. And I don't know. I do think uh, in general, trying to paint the guys separate from the mounts is a bad idea. It's a recipe for disaster. Really, uh, it's a recipe for not getting it done. Yeah. Well, I mean. <laughs> Yes. But uh, but sometimes you got to do it uh, for, you know, technical art reasons. Well, and you're airbrushing them too, right? Yeah. And so this was specifically for the, for the, to get the belly coat on the, on the riders. Uh, I didn't think I was going to be able to get the angle. Yeah. That, uh, <laughs> so that's almost, that's almost really needed to. Uh, yeah. To um, separately. Right. But then as soon as I got the airbrush coat done, glued them back together. So nice. <laughs> Uh, so now they'll all, they'll paint them all in one. Um, I know our friend, uh, my friend Jack is, is doing the, oh, that's right. We got, we got everybody's to sign off on using their names. So that's good. And I guess. Era is ended. Um, I was really hoping that we could continue the Dave thing. Uh, I mean, I think we can still throw a Dave in here or there. Yeah. You know, you know just really confuse ourselves. If, if yeah. I'll tell you what, let's, let's do the opposite thing. If you don't want us to use your name on this podcast, <laughs> we'll make you a Dave. Yeah, you'll for, from here on out always a Dave. Um, uh, but yeah, my friend Jack uh, is working through those new Slanesh, uh, the um, the Chocobo riders. Right? Oh yeah, those <laughs> those those models are so pretty. They're um, cool. I love, I love the arches look good. The the other guys with the are they lances or are they swords? Uh, the, they're like halberds actually, but they okay. are lance. They're essentially they're, they're lance swords. I like it. I was I was close. <laughs> yeah, the mounted ones. Those yeah. are those those are like halberds, I guess. Yeah. Um mortal wounds on sixes and they do seem pretty elite, uh from what from what Jack was describing to me. So they're uh, kind of elite hell seekers. So uh, elite hell seekers. Nice. So, uh, so yeah, if you're making some cavalry, try out, uh, the scotch tape trick, let me know how it goes. Uh, if you ruin a bunch of models, it's not, wasn't my idea. You can't blame me for it. And if, if you don't ruin them, then give him all the credit. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, whatever way it works out, that's, that's, that's great. Um, (laughs) I know I'm going to keep doing it, uh, until I ruin something really horribly. So, uh, I'm excited. That that sounds like an awesome plan. Just uh, continue forward. As long as it works, it works until it doesn't, right? Yeah. Hell yeah. Exactly. And, uh, you know, we don't have a, a, a visual medium that goes along with this podcast, but uh, we'll find some way to... We should find a way to share some of the... Uh, if people want to see the stuff we were painting. Yeah. I think we can we can work on that. We'll, we'll figure something out. There's a way. Yeah. We have the will. We just, we just need the time, I suppose. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We we got the soul and we got the the will, but we lack the talent. (laughs) Yes. Talent. Talent is definitely a big one. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) But anyway, uh, so that was a fun hobby tip that I, I, I didn't, I can't believe I didn't think of it before and, uh, hopefully it helps somebody else out. Yeah. That's brilliant. Um, with all the, the eBay rescue, I don't, I can't remember the last time I actually forced something on, on a mount. 
Um, oh yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I've been, I've been holding off on the Slanesh purchase just because I know when I get it, I'm going to go deep and I'm going to forget about all the other armies. Sure. And then vampires are going to come out and I'm going to forget about that. So I'm just going to, I'm going to hold off. There we go. See how it all settles out, shakes out. Yeah. Let it, let it ride. That's cool. That's cool. Uh, well, speaking about, uh, how it shakes out, we should go to our next segment segment. Yeah. We did this, uh, last episode, but we're calling this segment impact hits. So that's just another (laughs) universal special rule. Yes. We had a good Um, time. We had a good time going through the, the old, um, Warhammer fantasy book (laughs) coming up with dumb names for things. So, uh, if you have a dumb idea for a segment name, please let us know. Yeah. Give us, give us a really good one too. Um, the more obscure, the better make us wonder. Right. Sorry. So so impact hits is where we talk about, uh, battles that we've had over the course of the last time we've spoken and you've listened to us, which is talk about some games we played, give you a a blow by blow. Hopefully we all share, uh, some more data with how armies are performing against each other and have a better idea of what's good and what's what needs buffing. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. what needs buffing, maybe strategies are changing, what metas are around, um, and obviously our local metal up here. Yeah. Um, so I got to I got to bring out my my beastman again. Again? Again. Um, That's okay. That's good. Always fun. Um, but this is another one of those uh, off the top of the head list that um, – I've been kind of smitten with just because I'm using units that normally don't come out. So nice. I don't think you've actually seen this list. I did talk about it a little bit in the last episode, but I okay. kind of pell melded it. So um, I played against Brendan, who is formerly a Dave, yeah. uh, who plays OBR, and he has a lot of choice words for me on, on my description of Catacros, which we'll see if we can edge him in. At some yeah. point, but um, I wanted to go into his list, make sure you know what I'm going up against, um, because this was a really interesting. We actually played two games, but I'm only going to talk about the second one. Um, so we'll just gloss uh, be- over that first game. Yeah, gloss over happened. The first Nothing game. bad happened. I'll, I'll go over it in retrospect. You can see <laughs> the 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 fine the fine lines of what happened. Okay. But uh, so, anyways, <laughs> uh, so his his list is that hyper elite um, fast based around Catacross buff list, which um, just for anybody out there who really wants to know, it's a Catacrossian Deathclave and the Morton Shield Corpse Battalion. Um, and he's got Santos uh, in there, Catacross, the Bone Shaper. Uh, Santos is the uh, named Liege Cavalos? Yeah, he's okay. he's the dude on the four-tailed horse. Okay, and, and he's is, he's locked to Catacross's uh, uh, faction, right? Yeah, which is a really strange thing. I would have thought he okay. would have been Staliarch Lords, but interesting. But okay, um, either way, that's why. So that's why you can see him now. Otherwise, he'd just be a Liege Cavalos. Yeah, well, he's. Okay. I think he's only like twenty points more, and okay. his his command ability is really good. I think it adds uh, another attack. Um, nice. So Xantos, Catacros, Bone Shaper, um, three units of 10 Mortec Guard, uh, one unit of Morgast Harbingers, 
and uh, two units of three necropolis stalkers. Um, and it's a pretty brutal list. All the stalkers and the Morgas can move six inches at the beginning of the game. Um, obviously, everybody has the plus one to their save. And the, um, if I remember correctly, the Shield Corpse, one of the units gets a free reroll to their saves. They don't have to spend the extra. Oh, cool. So it's, it's pretty brutal. That's still only in melee? Yes, only I know all that famous shooting that you bring with the uh, the beast, <laughs> the beast. <laughs> well, you're gonna love this um, because uh, I guess it is kind of shoot. I guess it's shooty for me okay. uh, for my beast list. Um, so my list in this was a Gabe Spawn uh, uh, list using the Phantasmagoria. Um, okay, and that's the Zinch, um, or is it the Slanesh? No, it's the Zinch uh, Battalion. Okay. And um, it's only two drops. So nice. the only other drop that I had to get in was one extra hero because you can get four heroes in and I brought five. So I got okay. two Zangor Shaman, both with tendrils of atrophy. And okay. um, I know a lot of people don't like doubling up on their spells, but if you already got a regular spell that you're going to use, might as well take the best one in the book. Yeah, I was thinking about that uh, with some uh, a chaos list I played not that long ago. And, uh, you know, both of those chaos, like the, the chaos sorcerer lords, mm-hmm. their, their signature spells are so damn good that it's hard to even cast the other spell. Yeah. So you yeah. might as well double up because, like, it's going to be a hard sell to cast it anyway. Well, and then you have control on uh, two areas of the board, giving yourself, like, I know people love, like, the giant toolkit of being able to give sorcerers several different spells to work in to one plan, mm-hmm. but having, you know, having the same spell, which uh, tendrils of atrophy uh, reduces the armor save of a unit by one. Okay. Uh, being able That's to put good. that on two points on the board on yeah. a very mobile wizard um, is pretty amazing. And this is a Zangor shaman on a disc. Yep. Nice. Uh, they're, they're pretty brutal or they can just disappear. Depends on what's happening. Sure. Uh, two beast lords. One is the general who had unraveling aura, which means he just gets to dispel a spell, oh, uh, cool. which in phantasmagoria is kind of pointless because the entire army can pretty much dispel. Okay. Uh, per the battalion rules. The other one had the, uh, the awesome ax, uh, plus two to the damage. So nice. That's a, that's a beast, right? Cause it's like six attacks, right? Or something. Six with attacks, yeah. Rerolling ones to hit. Um, and then, uh, you know, three damage at minus one. Nice. But again, uh, the tendrils of atrophy, another minus one. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, great Bray shaman with the knowing eye and, uh, the strangle thorns spell, which basically pick a, uh, piece of terrain within, sure. uh, 24 inches and D three. I've been there. hit by that way too many times. It's it so is. fun. <laughs> Nobody ever expects it. Yeah. Uh, but the biggest thing there is the knowing eye. Uh, so four and up, you get an extra command point on each turn, um, which is kind of rare in books. I'm thinking now that we've lost the ability to gain them back on five and ups uh, gotcha. with the changes uh, to my line sorcery. Uh, in addition to that, two units of 30 gores, one with shields, uh, one with twin axes. Nice. Um, two units of 10 Bestigor, 
uh, two units of three Skyfires and uh, one unit of three Enlightened on Disc. And then, um, yeah. No Dragon Ogres? No Drogers. Brutal. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting to pull out the Drogers. I've got okay. an interesting list, which I will have to pick out, but I need to make sure that it works before okay. I can go gallivanting well, across. Okay, so so you have the two units. Is it two units of six Skyfires, or is it two units of three? Oh, two units of three. Okay. 200 That's points. Right. Yeah, no, no, I was just saying. No, no, I, I get it. I just... So you base you see you have two shooting units. I was waiting for there to be more shooting units. No, that's more than enough for me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's so many shots. Six yeah. shots. Come on now, that's a lot. <laughs> um, the ability to separate and go with either shaman means that I'll still have the plus one to hit on shooting uh, mm-hmm. for two sides of the board if I really need it. Nice. Um, so yeah, they're pretty good. And then you know the enlightened on disc are just awesome. Yeah, so this game, we played uh, Total Conquest, which is four objectives uh, equally placed in each corner of the board. I also recently played Total Conquest. It's a good good mission. It is a fun one. And um, it's funny because I hadn't played it in a long time. Um, Or I guess it felt like I hadn't played it in a long time. Yeah, it did change. uh, At least the deployment map changed in the most recent GHB. How did, the, yeah. how did the game go? The game was pretty brutal. So um, by end of turn three, and, and we'll break it down, but I just want to I want to flex for a little bit here. Okay. Uh, by end of turn three, he had a unit of Mortec Guard and Catacros left on the back left objective away from me. Okay, and nice. Pretty much just erased the rest of the army, um, which was unexpected, uh, but also really awesome. That's awesome. Um, not something you generally see going on with uh, Beasts of Chaos. <laughs> uh, yeah, almost tabling a. I I was laughing because uh, someone had posted on Reddit the who who is it that does is it Warhammer Weekly that does that chart of the the different codexes and like how strong they are versus how well written the book is and yeah. like in the very in the very back bottom corner is like Sylvaneth and Beast like holding the fort and I'm like come on guys. <laughs> and, uh, that's that's where i that's one where of I those live. is be- is way better than you're giving it credit <laughs> i mean both are okay um there's there's i could go into a whole whole diatribe about beasts and why they can be overpowered and at the same time are just a completely randomly yeah. written co- book no but, and, um, and the, those charts are always unfair because it's impossible to know what the person was thinking and there's so many different things you could take like the boiling a book down to a two act, a two axis grid uh, oh, yeah. takes a lot, a lot of re- it's very reductionist and uh, really well, who knows. It also comes down to, you know, the player and um, how they react to either the missions um, what's going on on the table. Uh, obviously their opponent uh, yeah, matchups yeah. are super so, good for some people. So, okay. How did you others. get, to this uh, bottom of three uh, near tabling. Well, being a um, so a two drop list, I for the first time in a long time, I had the ability to choose who could go first. Okay, and uh, you know, I I sat there for a second, was just like, oh man, I just I don't know what to do. Okay, go first, Brendan. Not even nice. thinking about the, uh, not even really thinking about getting that you know double turn, but more just like I have the choice. Yeah. Cool. You go, you go, you go. <laughs> um, and, uh, so, 
So Brendan's Brendan actually started out the game uh, by moving on to each objective. So these are evenly placed objectives. He has to force runs to get to him. Um, obviously, his uh, one battalion made its six-inch starting move. Okay. Uh, so they were all poised so can, to get right get up. So get the to really me. far one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I deployed basically in a giant clump of gore. So 60 gore enveloping the rest of my army. Okay. Uh, so that, um, you know, a cool. beast lord. A little brown be, bean. Yeah. little brown bean. Uh, brown and red <laughs> beans. Um, and basically, you know, just tried to shove everything as close to my herdstone, which was as far up into uh, no man's land as possible in the corner. Okay. In the corner of the uh, deployment area. And um, one of the great things about the herdstone is, you know, the minus one to save uh, really discourages people from getting into whatever area you don't want them in. And right. so having that up uh, right at the edge of where it could be placed. Right. Um, Especially something like Mortec, who are basically just banking on their obnoxiously good saves. Yeah. Well, and the entire army, really, when you're paying for Catacross, you're also paying for all those saves. Yeah, um, that makes sense. And so he basically charged me only with his uh, Morgast on the first turn. And... Um, that was pretty much it. But he, on the first turn, he ended up uh, banking himself six points because, once again, you take take one, if the hero's on it, you got one, and then okay. you're holding it. So that's three points per, um, and there was no way he was going to shift. Uh, I don't even remember how many bodies. At More than 60, 80 bodies. 60, yeah, okay, 60-plus um, bodies. Yeah, there was there was no way he was going to be able to take that out. Um, so that was a... That was a pretty good start for him and then theotis was on me to start beating through this army and getting out to do it um you know the those morgast are brutal and at three damage each i think he actually did kill 15 okay uh gore bunch just on the on the first one um not the best rolls from either of us in that game so it was really like paper paper hands slapping yeah Um, and, uh, from, from then on, um, that was, that was pretty much it was get the objectives, see if you can get those in to slow me down. Um, on my turn, I, you know, got the extra command point from the knowing eye and, uh, he denied me one with caddy as caddies want to do. Nice. But you got one anyway. Yeah. Um, that's good. And then I started positioning myself to be ready to expand and also uh, take his charges. Uh, so slowly pushing out from that corner I'd made because um, no matter what happened next turn, I had a command point to you know stop myself from losing you know all fifteen gore unless he was just unless I rolled way horribly and that uh, those two more guys were going to be there finishing off the units. Um, Mortal wounded a couple of guys, uh, knocked a save off of the, uh, the Morgas. So they were down to, uh, four and up saves instead of threes and just threw everything I had into that one unit. Okay. Um, his other two stalkers were basically on the peripheries, essentially in the middle of, uh, in the middle of each, you know, quarter, to stop me from moving up and taking his objective by okay, you know, sort of bodies. roadblocks, like big scary roadblocks between 
Yeah, the, gotcha. between between me and the objectives. And so the the goal for me was to whittle them down. There's no way I can kill him. Let's just hold this, make sure he doesn't take it, and slowly get enough guys down um, to where he's not going to have enough to deal with the onrush or the blitz, right? Okay. And so my my turn one actually wasn't really that wasn't really that busy either. It was just like, okay, let's shoot everything. We'll knock a guy off. I think I killed one stalker and one more guest and that was it. Um, okay. And so, uh, turn progressed or game progressed on to turn two. I lost the, uh, the priority role, which, yeah. Um, good 60% norm. of the time it works every time. Yeah. Um, and, uh, that's when he started pulling in the stalkers, uh, to, to, I think it was one unit on, on my left, he pulled in charged and started to realize that I'm building enough momentum to actually start pushing over and taking over his objectives. Okay. Uh, so they came in, he brought up his bone shaper off of the, uh, <laughs> off of the objective to my right on the back. Okay. Um, and just leaving it open. I think he was trying to get it up so he could take my objective with a character netting him extra bonuses. Oh, I got you. Yeah. Right? Um, cause so he was greedy is what you're saying. He was a little greedy, but, um, you know, keeping the momentum up before I could start just throwing bodies on objectives okay. uh, was a big thing. Kill off all the gores, and then, you know, I don't have that many units with a large amount of bodies. Sure. So it made sense to me. But the the thing he wasn't thinking about is he ran straight into my herdstone. Uh, so Bone Shaper was minus one. Um, Bone Shaper, I didn't get into combat. Uh, stalkers ripped up uh, a ton of gores. Mm-hmm. And uh, in return, I think the the Beast Lord that didn't have the axe uh, went ham. Okay. And killed one, I think, maybe. Nice. Good for him. Yeah. That's well, not, I mean, without that special axe, that's really hard to do. I mean, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty hard. Four wounds. But again, uh, they were all within range of the Herdstone, so it's all minus one. Nice. Um, and a lot of that was just trapping them into an area because he, Marty, not the squeak toy. <laughs> um, so, so at the end of his turn, I think he was trying to kill, kill off a ton of units and really stall my advance before I could get it moving. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, through the culmination of, you know, having the bravery, having placed my terrain in the right spot, and then just really... Um, clumping up in my deployment to where he wasn't going to be able to, you know, hit something without getting everything else in combat against sure, him. Yeah. Um, he, he didn't want to overcommit because again, elite army didn't have that, didn't have that no, much exactly. after it was well, all that's, gone. That's a, a really interesting point. Cause like it is, I mean, it, the game is a long game, right? It doesn't feel yeah. like a long game sometimes, right? Cause it's only really five turns and, Right. Uh, you get five movement phases basically for the game, but, uh, it is a long game and just throwing everything forward. Turn one, uh, can really get you out of position in a way and sort of being conservative turn one, when you know that there can only like, 
they can't get to you without drastically overextending themselves and leaving themselves open. Yeah. Uh, can be a really, uh, useful tool against some, an elite army like that. Yeah, very much so. And, um, especially on this mission, um, where him having divided to divide himself up, um, even if it was, you know, more tech, more tech, more tech, um, and then hero, hero, hero meant mm-hmm. that no matter what he was doing, if he wanted to continue to hold the objectives, which at this point, um, just at, at turn one, he had, um, he had the full six and I only had two. Sure. Right? Um, he had to stay divided and he had to keep the pressure on me. Otherwise, um, you know, I was just going to be, you know, the ants that take down the separated lion. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so, uh, turn to, you know, he's just killing stuff, killing stuff, killing stuff. And then it's my turn to go. Um, and I had a combination of just really good rolls with his not rolling all of my spells going off that I needed to. Nice. And, um, it's nice when it, when the plan comes together. Oh yeah. It's so situational right? too with these. <laughs> um, so yeah, kill the bone shaper off. And I think that's when he realized like, Oh no. Oh no. Yeah. Cause that's a, that's a significant healing power for him. Yeah. That's, that's three wounds a turn. Yeah. Um, and it made a lot of sense to have him up there to try and keep that, force momentum to keep me penned uh to a certain degree sure. but uh he was right where i wanted him so he went down bestigors came out with uh i like way over committed to killing off uh one unit of stalkers that's i in my opinion you cannot overcommit enough to killing off a unit of stalkers because the last thing you want is to not kill the unit of stalkers yeah um and well even even then like they're one of the cool things that you can do is you, if, um, if you set up enough target priorities where all of the, you know, all of the opposing, uh, units have to be in combat. So he's got, let's say he's got three units in combat. He can only heal two of those units. So knock everyone down just enough where they only have one left. That means now you're, you're going to be taking pain, but only one of those units is going to be, or two of those units is going to have a chance of doing anything. I gotcha. Um, but, uh, yeah, took out the bone shaper, took out one unit of the stalkers, I think reduced one down to, uh, very little wounds. Um, and then he had his, uh, his horse dude, uh, Santos, Santos. I was never, I would never have come up with that. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) he had Santos hiding, um, on the objective to my left, uh, along with, uh, some more tech guard who had, not really gotten onto the objective quite yet. They had run. It was a long trip. You know, they were really tired. Sure. They were bone the tired to begin with. Yeah. I, I um, heard that. <laughs> bone tired. Um, yeah. So just threw everything into what I could to just start clearing that first wave. Um, mm-hmm. The bone shaper was just a, a lovely gift. Um, and at that point um, he'd started to realize that like I had, ex- I had, not only let him split himself up to the point where um, I was going to start being able to pick him apart um, and focusing on the units and the units that I wanted to kill at my pace. Sure. Um, And he was stuck in a defensive role. 
So he had essentially given me the tempo of the game at that point. I feel like that's a really easy trap to, to get into with total, uh, total conquest. Um, because again, I played it and I, I I don't have all the stats here to, to like do a breakdown of my game, but I definitely feel like I walked into that same trap in my game and got and lost for it because I, I overcommitted in a, in a, in a little bit of a certain way. Right. And then my divided three ways army couldn't hold, you know, one, like he, you know, he punched one flank with everything he had and then he doubled down on the other flank with everything he had. And my little half army couldn't do a whole lot about that. Well, in the context of that mission too, you have to kind of think like you get more points for taking something. So the Otis is to let somebody else, um, jump on them. That's a very good point. Like let them, let them think they're taking the tempo. But, um, it's really a beta punch kind of, uh, kind of mission. Yeah. Uh, it, it rewards the long, the long, the long play, I guess, yeah. to a certain degree, the is turn it, three play really. Is it Bravo, Bravo punch? I can't remember. Bravo punch. Right. I know it's alpha strike, right. Or, but is it, is it beta <laughs> strike? Are we using the British, uh, uh, phonetic alphabet? Are we using the NATO one? Or are we using the Greek alphabet? Like, I don't know what's just like, they all start with, they all use alpha. I mean, I, all, all I've played is, uh, that one world war one game where they called it apples and I lost. Oh yeah. yeah that's, that's the so, British one. That's yeah. the, yeah, that's the, the, before we got the NATO one. Yeah. I uh, thought anyway. that was amazing. I want to do everything <laughs> apples now. Yeah. Apple um, punch. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, the, the, the overextension and then kind of forcing him on, forcing him into my tempo and kind of controlling that castle, um, obviously wouldn't work on every mission, but, uh, in this one specifically, you know, I knew my strengths in my army, which is speed, uh, when I need it. Um, so redeployment is super easy for me, even, even if it's just, uh, um, right. we well, have, you have, you have unit three, five units on discs. Uh, did I count that right? Yes. Two heroes and three units. Yeah. So five units on disc, two of those, which will give me an extra point on the objective that it makes. Sure. Um, even if I haven't taken it. Right. So right. I know I've got that rapid redeployment in play whenever I need it. Not, not um, to mention some summoning from the edge of the board potentially. Yeah. Which in the game previous, I forgot about until turn five. Okay. Yeah, Riddle. which was awesome. Yeah, that's not, that's not a good love sign. It. Yeah, um, but the uh, yeah, so so that turn went really really well for me. He was up to like a set eleven, um, and I, at that point, uh, the most I think I had was four. Mm-hmm. Um, and then turn three happened. Um, he was able to move the Mortec on to. Well, I lost the priority again. Sure. It's what I do. It happens. It is what I do, folks. Um, so I lost that priority. He got on the objective with the Mortec, and that's where I'm like, ooh, should I have overextended? No, I'm going to stick to the plan that I have, which is let's branch out. I can overwhelm him with numbers still if I need to. Let's see how many Gore bases we can fit into a 12, you know, okay. uh, 12, 12 inch uh, or six inch radius. Um, and at that point, he knew that he had to pr- protect those objectives because I'd mulch through all the rest of his forward momentum. Um, okay. that, that was really it. It was like, okay, all I can do is sit here. And it was like, okay, well, I've absorbed your punch. 
now it's my turn. So in order to, in order to take everything out, that's when the, like, it almost looked like one of those superhero movies where, you know, the swarms are real big right now in in superhero movies where Mm -hmm. it's just swarms coming out of evil. Essentially what I did was just like, and everybody pounced out onto, onto the two objectives uh, that were open that didn't, that essentially didn't have catacross on them. Because you're not going to, he's an immovable object and it let's be fair. If he started on that objective, there was no possible way for him to get to a different objective. (laughs) Maybe. I mean, you know, he could, like, don't get me wrong. He could huff it, right? That's true. But those objectives are 18 inches apart, right? If he starts on one, uh, he can use RDP. That's still only 14 inches after two turns. Well, he's got RDP and then the run. Um, Oh, you can run and use the RDP? Yep. So the RDP uh, just flat gives you three extra to your movement. Okay. You okay. I was, um, uh, yeah. the problem, but, but you can't auto run six, right? So you're at the mercy of actually rolling for the run. Yep. Which is okay. always funny. Nice. Always funny for me. <laughs> um, so like and, and the problem with that is, uh, if, if caddy is leaving that objective, you're down one objective point. That's a good on point. that mission. So he, uh, you know, he was stuck between a rock and a hard place. That's true. Yeah, because no, he'd have to spend at least one objective in one turn in no man's land, not yep. giving you points. Which I think he could have probably done in the first turn just to get him up there. Um, he knew he was going to have that five extra points at the beginning of the game is perfectly fine to have that support right there. Right. Um, but that's my opinion. He still he always plays brilliantly, except for the bone shaper. I have no idea what was going on there. That's okay. I'm just going to give you a little guff, Brendan. That's it. Um, so in the end, uh, just with some really good rolls, uh, shooting, um, minus one Ren going out everywhere. And then the minus one Ren spell. Nice. Um, you know, Herdstone and spell. Uh, I was able to clear the Mortec off of both objectives that he had, uh, been holding. So, by the end of that turn, that's what one, two, three. That was math and math. One, two, three, four, five. You should have eight, right? Eight. Yeah. yeah. Um, eight on top of four, which means I had already jumped him on objective. Okay. I believe. And he just didn't have the units at that point to. Yeah, and so by the end of turn three, he's got <laughs> he's got Catacros and a unit Mortec, and um, all I would literally have to do is just sit there on the objectives. Right. Um, which wouldn't have been a very fun game. Um, so I probably would have thrown everything at them because, you know, why not? Yeah. But uh, we it's decided like he's going to get anywhere. Like I said, he's not going to get anywhere. So you could uh, you could go fight and not risk anything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> For funsies. Yeah. But um, yeah, that was it was really interesting playing that mission because the, the game that we had before mm-hmm. was twenty five, twenty four. Okay, so really close. Yeah, he had one with one point. Um, So I I didn't really realize how much potential I had to to kind of take advantage of the way that my army was built with all the heroes, um, the bodies that I had. Like even even if um, even if it came down to it and he wasn't rushing me, I had thirty gores in one unit. All I had to do was stay out of combat, and I would outnumber him on an objective. Sure. Um, 
the speed that I had, all of that, like it really worked in my favor to just, I hate to say it, but like steamroll him. Um, once I figured out that, Oh, Hey, wait, this is all in my favor. This mission is actually kind of built in my favor. Yeah. Nice. Um, that was a great game. Um, well, I'll have to, me. uh, <laughs> if I can get all the details together, we could, I'll, I'll do, uh, I'll, we'll go through the game I played recently. That was that same mission at some point. Uh, yeah. and maybe we can do a contrast because I feel like maybe if I had played it smarter, I could have come out ahead in the in a similar way, but I sort of made the same mistake that Brendan made, which was I tried to pounce early mm-hmm. and then ended up uh, having a split force that couldn't uh, couldn't take punches. What do you think? What do you think necessitated in your list uh, that split? Like, do you think it was lack of bodies? Do you think it was well? No, and I, I um, and what I think why I think it was a mistake was I did have the bodies the body advantage right. Ooh. I was playing Slaves of Darkness. I had two fifteen man unit of Chaos Warriors. Those things are immovable. Yeah. Right. Um, and had I just sort of like okay maybe run out and grab one objective early, put pressure on a second one, make something like that. Um, but really sort of keep things a little bit tighter. Um, I wouldn't have, uh, right. The heroes that are needed to keep them all going are squishy and small and susceptible. I was playing against Ideneth, so they're very surgical. They can get in there. They can get you some mortal wounds, you know, uh, mm-hmm. uh, they can take out those little heroes. Um, so, uh, so yeah. So I think, you know, if I had thought through the mission a little bit more, I think it would have been. Uh, a different story, but I, I definitely, now that you have pointed out the, the, str- the strategy there, I think I absolutely played into that trap. Yeah. It's a, it's a fairly easy one to, I think fall into, I fall into it with several missions. Um, but each one of them has that, has that certain way of defining how you should be playing to it. Um, and, I think that's a segue. Yeah, so it's a segue to our main topic, I guess. Uh, I don't know, main. We'll see. I don't know how long any of these will be before we say them, right? Uh, But our next segment is called Seasons of War, and uh, that's that's the name of the segment. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I don't know if that is from the uh, General's Handbook. It might be. I don't remember. Could be. Could be. Could not be right. Doesn't matter. That's what we're calling. Actually, uh, you know, we're uh, for the first person who finds the page number in the general's eighth edition general's handbook, we're giving away a free iPod Shuffle. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't even exist anymore. Yeah, we're not giving away. We don't have an iPod Shuffle. (laughs) We can find one. Yeah, it won't be a new one. (laughs) That point, we might as well just get a. We'll get the Microsoft ones. The Zune. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. There we go. Uh, so yeah, so this was, uh, something that Brendan said, I think, uh, in, in relation to your game. Yeah. Um, at the, at the end of the, the mission we were packing up and I was, um, I won't lie. I was just surprised at myself for winning that game so handily. I was like, I was putting my stuff away and I was like, I feel like I was overpowered on this. And, you know, we talked through it like there were a couple of roles and I made sure. some very good decisions and he made a He made a couple of decisions. He was, you know, smarting over. 
But um, in the end, the, the thing that he said was like, this mission is really, really hard for me. Like this mission, uh, this mission kind of fucks me. Um, gotcha. And it kind of threw me off guard because I haven't, I guess we haven't played this in a while, but I haven't seen a mission with him in a, uh, for quite some time where he's like, this mission just straight up fucks me. Right. Yeah. Um, and we started talking about like why, um, and it, it never really entered my mind until we start, you know, until we hash it. Sure. Uh, that was that the army composition that he had, um, you know, only three heroes meant those three had to survive for the whole game. If you wanted to continually have, um, extra points. Yeah. Quality points. Yeah. Um, and he just didn't have the bodies to bring in a second wave or jump on and, um, really pin me down or clear me off an objective. Well, what's especially interesting about that, that mission in particular is there are some missions in the general's handbook where you have to take them and hold them and sit on them. Right. And you lose them if you move off of them. But this one is kind of like that without being expressly like that, because if yeah. you're not actively holding the mission, you are, you are opening or actively holding the point. You're opening yourself up to giving your opponent free points. And more so if you're not leaving a hero on the objective, you're losing points. Like, right. Um, you're losing, I wouldn't say you're losing points technically, but you're losing the capacity to yeah. out, um, just to outpoint your opponent. Right. Cause that's a word holding the objective is one point holding it with a leader is one point. Right. So like, yeah. it's like a whole second objective. Yeah. And, um, you know, having a list that only has three heroes, uh, while it dominates a shit ton of other ones, like mm-hmm. where, um, there is a mission, there are a couple of missions actually, um, that, you know, if heroes are holding an objective, um, you know, you get an extra point, right. Right. Kill a hero. There, there are actually currently four missions that specifically require heroes for scoring. Um, I did I did a little breakdown of the missions from the general's handbook, or sort of the eighteen standard missions that you might see. It's a, um, it's a beautiful little list, right? If you if you're just going at the 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 was it the D three D six chart. Uh, mm-hmm. that's in the match play rules and you're actually rolling for it and not just picking the ones that are in the general's handbook and ignoring the ones from the core book. Cause you don't have it with you. But, uh, if you're, if you're really going for it, there are four, yeah, there's four missions, uh, that require leaders. So about 22% of the time, uh, you are going to need, uh, heroes to do your scoring. I think some of them are more, uh, hardcore than others. Yeah. Like, some, oh, go ahead. I was thinking uh, three places of power and places of arcane power. I think you just need heroes to score at all. Yep. Um, and and, and those then missions have always messed with me. Oh, they're they're super hard. Um, and and then the other two, uh, I think you, uh, scorched earth and total conquest. You just get extra points for having the leader. I think scorched earth you can burn an, an enemy objective if you have a leader. Or something like that. I I can't remember, um, but the leaders are important to getting those extra points. Yeah, and and building a list without enough can really really hit you. Yeah. Um Well, that's uh, that's interesting. I mean, definitely when we think about building an all comers list for like for tournament play, right? You really do have to consider the mission, uh, you know, and the the mission set 
really. And like, you know, a lot of tournaments back when we had tournaments were nice enough to tell you the missions ahead of time. So you could be like, Oh, thank God. Scorched earth isn't down there. I don't have to worry about that or whatever. Right. Or, Oh shit. It's going to be, you know, there's going to be three of these leader missions in this, in this five round tournament. Right. I'm going to need like, let me take four or five, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and those have always been the ones, um, that have, have been the rockiest games for me. Um, is actually those leader missions. Uh, before I started working on bringing in more heroes, um, I generally use them now because A and B, they're super cheap. Um, sure. And B, I need those command points to keep my guys alive. Okay. Uh, and so there's a general strategy that I need them to do anyways. Um, but there's more utility in them than, you know, 80 points worth of actual shooting in... Um, you know, like Ungor Raiders or something. Gotcha. Yeah. So the utility that they bring is not only there to keep the units that are on the field, like performing optimally, mm-hmm. but also um, in, in the event that I'm going to be going up on a leader mission, I'm going to have more than enough. Um, right. I definitely and, know I, uh, with the KO, I struggle to bring enough leaders. Uh, and it's something that I work on because, uh, their heroes are lame. <laughs> yeah, for the most part, they're the 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 new Endrin Master in dirigible suit. He's a pretty like he's a beat stick character if he wants to be. You know, he's he can just run around on his own and 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 you know be a, a dominating force, much like. Uh, and I'm not going to say he's the same as an Arch Cavalos or whatever that guy's name is. Yeah, but uh, in the context of the army, he. Uh... Right. He plays that kind of role. He's the big hero. He's going to kick ass and take names. Yeah. You know, uh, people will uh, overestimate him, <laughs> you know, his effectiveness, hopefully to their detriment, um, you know, and, and they focus on him more than they need to. Uh, but the rest of the uh, the rest of the leaders in that army, you know, you've got uh, the chemist, which is a buff hero, the navigator, which is kind of an anti wizard the admiral who's a melee command point guy he uh, but he's not very good at melee and he's and his command points only work if he's on a boat uh but he can't he doesn't count as holding an objective if he's on a boat so like <laughs> i mean he's i i suppose he'd be there if you're dropping off just your your normal dudes on an objective and yeah i'd have to look at the wording again uh for like i know because like total conquest says something about like if you have a hero within six inches, it's not like, is your hero on the objective? Like, is there a hero model within six inches? And then, or then you can get the extra point. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that would be a question of like, uh, I know the hero doesn't, he doesn't count as holding the objective, but he might count as being within six inches for the point of being for this extra point. If he's in the boat. That's true. Um, so I'd have to look at how the FAQ gets through that. Um, but either way, like their heroes are not designed to be sitting on objectives is, is, you know, yeah, they're it, really not good at that. And, and good old techless would take care of them pretty quickly if they were just sitting there on it. Right? Oh, I mean, he'll take care of them pretty quickly, even if they're in the boats, but that's a, that's a whole other thing. But yeah, yeah. They're just not designed to be, uh, hanging out unaccompanied, <laughs> you uh, know? Yeah, and and I think most heroes aren't meant to do that, except for like the battering rams, right? Right. 
um, like Corgus Cole will totally screw up anybody he's in combat with if you give him a chance. And so he can he can be off to the side or obviously any of the big the big based um characters. Sure. <clears throat> like uh the ones that you would expect to go off on their own. But the support characters or the ones that um that definitely need somebody around them to bail them out. Yeah, uh, those become much more of a liability in a leader, a uh, leader-based mission. There's a lot of missions out there too that well, I don't know how many. We'll have to look at your list, um, which we should totally find a way to put this up so people can see it because this is pretty amazing. Just to think about how you want to build. Um, oh sure, the the one that came up to me. Uh, I guess I haven't played it in a while, and this would be one that I need to go back to some of my lists and think about. Is better part of valor. Mm, yeah. Because not only does it have a lot of objectives, right? It's got it's six objectives, and you want to sort of hold them and then burn them. But also, you can only capture them with battle line. Yeah, which oh man, that can be that can be a painful thing if you're playing um, a quirky list or trying out uh, some armies where it's more optimal to not use battle line and. Uh, especially if you want to use a killy list, right? Yeah, like, exactly. Like, so, it, ooh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, go for it. Like the the KO uh, battle line options are terrible in terms of like in terms of like objective. I mean, the the Arcanauts are are much better than they used to be, uh, but they're yeah, good. They're, they're, still they're good. They're good at holding an objective. They're not good at taking an objective. Yeah, <laughs> you know? they're still the dwarfs. They're just dwarfs. Exactly. But yeah, like uh, um, like Sylvaneth really suffered from that problem. Um, you're unless you have enough bodies, you're not going to be taking an objective with battle line. Um, and and a lot of you are a lot of armies do have that problem in that you want to focus on, uh, you know, I guess unit diversification just to get as many on the table to take care of situations that are either in the meta or, you know, um, just taking an objective when you need it or the way that your army is built. Um, and sometimes that doesn't allow for battle line to really work. So fitting those in the list is always, always interesting, especially if you, if you are doing a random game, like sure. so you're doing a random pickup game and you're rolling dice, which is generally what we've been doing in the times of COVID. Sure. Sans the pickup game. It's roll a dice. We don't do yeah. pickup games. Do not do pickup games. Go get vaccinated. <laughs> Just go do that. Um, yeah. So like building a list uh, needs to incorporate that. I think in, in, in my opinion, always needs to incorporate that style of play, no matter what. Um, right. Cause well, if your goal is to have a five and O list, it definitely needs to be able to perform on every single one of these missions. Yeah. And, um, and it's possible to do it. Uh, I think oh, a lot of it comes down to knowledge of the missions and like the tempo that the missions actually set. I feel like, um, more often than not, uh, the missions do kind of two things to you, right? The mission is almost like finding another opponent in and of itself. Um, cause the mission is either out to fuck you because your list is built, um, around a certain mechanic or your army has a certain mechanic. And that mission is, it's going to mess 
it's going to mess with you. Sure. Um, or it's going to mess with your army. One of the two. Uh, in this case, um, you know, against Brendan, it definitely messed with him, but right. it also messed with his army. It was kind of twofold. Um, and uh, what I do wonder though, is, uh, if it could have, would it have gone differently? Had you, had he sort of just held his two points and then sort of just put pressure on you, you know, take, take one point. Don't, don't split into three, but split into two, you know, put pressure on you and then sort of, uh, not be so easily picked off. Well, I, so obviously I can't, I can't say with sure, certainty, sure. right? Absolutely. But the, 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 the inherent problem in the list was three heroes. And one of those heroes is a low wound count hero that I can, oh, sure. it, it wouldn't really matter. Um, if he had, uh, if he was able to sit there and soak up all the stuff I was going to throw at him, yeah. I could literally just leave, two of my heroes on the back objectives and hit him with everything. Um, because my army is built with multiple heroes to be able to, uh, Lose do things some, like that. Yeah, right? I gotcha. Um, and the amount of spells I could be able to throw at him. And then eventually because of the mechanics of my army, that herdstone is going to get out there. And then all of his, all of his saves are down by one by turn three. It's almost the anti catacros. It's very funny. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but this is kind of the first time it's ever worked, which says something specifically to that mission and him having to split it up. So looking at this, uh, looking at this list of missions that we have in front of us, which ones do you feel like when you're thinking about making a list are some of the, uh, key missions to keep in mind? Oh man. Um, there, there are two that always come out to me. Um, and you never see both of them in a tournament because they're essentially one is the stupid version of the good one. Okay. Um, and that's knife to the heart and take and hold. Okay. Interesting. Um, I was thinking of a different pair as you were doing that lead up. Uh, and we'll (laughs) we'll talk about mine, mine afterwards. So go for it. Yeah. So, uh, take and hold is just a, just an old mission. Um, and it's, you got 36 inches between, you know, each objective, um, the, the territory is split long ways. Um, so, uh, right. so it's, dog, that, right? it's that long table edge deployment and you've got just like a middle, a back middle objective that you have to hold and they have a back middle objective that they have to hold. Yeah. And that's, that's it. And, um, and the way you win is, uh, Ooh, I can't remember with places of power cause I hate opening any of those missions. They're old. Sure. Whatever. I still love playing any chance I can play any, any of these games. It's a time to learn and time to have fun, but, um, take and hold. If you're holding both objectives, you essentially win the game. Exactly. Um, both of the, yeah, it's, they're both sudden death missions, right? Yeah. At the uh, turn three onward, you, the game can just be over. And, uh, that, that brings a lot of, uh, problems for the style of play that I normally do, which is, um, usually around turn two and turn three um, is when I actually start moving. Well, actually turn three and four is when I usually make my big moves. Um, That comes down to my style of play and the list that I build, um, which are usually either distractions, ambushes, or hold somebody until I can get in position for the pounce. Mm -hmm. Um, I really need to play my Adeneth more because apparently that's the way to do it. Uh, Nice. (laughs) But... The, those two specifically, if you have, um, 
if you have a fast opponent that can alpha strike you outside of, you know, dropping in, uh, you're essentially playing a game of chicken in any of those uh, where it's, it's sudden death or, um, you know, it's a hold by a certain amount. Mm-hmm. Uh, so basically you're sitting there kind of like poking your opponent with a stick. And um, my specific style of play is about speed and pinpoint and overwhelm at one point. Sure. Um, which should generally work um, on a mission like that. But uh, the style of play with my list is if somebody actually commits, I'm going to fold like wet paper. So okay. uh, the, the fact that there are, less, um, there are less objectives out there for them to have to split up their army and focus on means gotcha. that if they hit me, they've got it pretty much. That's so those ones are hard for tempo. Those ones are hard for me from the KO perspective too, because that army just inherently doesn't have a thing that it wants to leave behind. Yeah. Right. There's yeah. no anvil unit for them to just like, all right, well you guys sit here, you know, and block all the deep strikes. You'll be great. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, no, you wait for the next group. Uh, well, and generally you've got what the, um, you've got two big ships, right? That you're generally running. Two big ships and some small ships or some balloon units or whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, you end up leaving uh, a f- foot unit of Arcanauts or something. Yeah, but once they're down, they're they're easy pickings, right? Right, yeah. And if, if anybody really wanted to hit them, they would just go down. Yeah. Uh, so and- part of the strategy, at least for the KO, in that unit, in that uh, list, is to spread them out away from the objective, right? Like, put all your put all your big, juicy scary looking units not near the objective yeah so that they go somewhere else and you know and then you sort of like kite them along while picking them that picking them down and hopefully like get some unit to surgical strike in to to snag the objective and 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 those two missions really don't reward that style of play right like you need you just need a hammer you need a oh, hammer it's, it's and an absolutely uh a, a paper cups like the it's it's one of those the cup and ball game right where you're just yeah. like like it's just a show that's like please don't fight my arcanaut unit that's sitting on the objective <laughs> yeah you know? uh I mean, um and Another another thing, and I can I could talk endlessly about this, but I'll keep it succinct. Uh, is is that mission uh, specifically uh, stops target priority um, for either shooting or um, oh goodness or piling in and uh, the turns in combat uh, because in order to clear somebody who's casting on it. You got to go in with everything. You That's can't, true. You can't, you can't really fix. like. You can't separate somebody. You can't create problems for people uh, that like. Oh well, they're going to go hit this objective, and then they'll get more points because they're going to take yeah, it as your, opposed to them holding your harassment this one. units aren't as very aren't as good. Yeah, it's it's just uh, it's just go straight into it. Yeah, and hopefully win. So yeah. those those two are are an interesting combo. Uh, another another uh, set of missions that I think are very uh, defining when you have to when you're making a list um, and are kind of the same mission. So I would expect you wouldn't see each of them are three places of power and places of arcane power. Yeah, um, 
And the, these are both the the leader missions, right? So you need to have le- only leaders can score, and and you have to uh, have them on them. Like you can't, the, you have to hold the objective. You can't just like tag it and leave. And it's it's also a different size for the objective, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it's a, I think power. they're both three inches. Yeah, I want to say they're smaller objectives. Um, so again, these two are they're very similar missions. Um, so I wouldn't expect to see both of them, but they make up a huge percentage, right? They make up one ninth of all the missions. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, and they more often than not, uh, seem to happen in tournaments because they are a rough mission and, um, they usually come after, um, I feel like these are line requirements a really or, bad round two. Yeah. Is, yeah. is one of these. I mean, I had, I had a great game against, uh, one of the top night haunt players uh who actually has to be a dave because we haven't reached out and asked him oh nice um and it was when i was playing stormcast at the time and that came down to who's going to deep strike onto these first came down to that um, uh, i'll have to check places of arcane power i remember the wording on that made it really difficult from the ko perspective because you couldn't deep strike onto it and have it yeah you have to move onto it yeah um and it was funny because I remember talking with him about that at one point. But I remember I got trogged by Ricky on one of these. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. And it was the same <laughs> awesome. thing, right? Because you can't deep strike onto the on the objective and be holding it. Yep. Right. You have to walk there. So, like, even though I'm sitting there and I'm looking good, I actually don't have any points yet. <laughs> yeah. And and then it becomes, you know, like making little mini castles to try and make sure nobody gets to that hero as much as you can. Yeah. That's a rough one. I feel like Seraphon are going to have the same issue, at least the Seraphon I've been playing. Cause either you're trying to hold it with skink heroes who are inherently just like the weakest things ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, or you're holding it with some hero that's on top of a giant dinosaur with just a big target painted on its back. Yeah. But at the same time, um, at least the Carnosaur, nobody really wants to be in combat with that thing. That's true. The, the the problem comes when you have let's say a non shagoth uh beast list or something like that where mm-hmm. it's all support characters um to a degree or they're all small right. small five wound characters I, uh, there's always that clause in there where like oh if your leader murders the other leader in combat then they instantly take like that's never going to fucking happen for my navigator like he's not going to beat a guy with his weather stick and suddenly take the objective you know <laughs> Yeah, and and that opens up interesting possibilities too. Like, because um, if you, I, I know I've gotten into a mission once or twice where I've I, I've I've lost I've lost the ability to take it right away because I was trying to whittle down. I think it was a keeper mm-hmm. uh, that had to be on an objective, and I thought I was just going to apply enough force to bring it down to where a beast Lord could come in and easily finish it. And I actually overkilled it and I wasn't holding it. Oh and, yeah. And so that left it up for the priority for the next turn. Right. And then somebody came in and was able to snag. I see. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that, that those two missions are very, very much hard ones to kind of wrap your mind around, like the little finesse, moves that you have to do around it yeah but that's a case you know again and i don't mean to rag on ko i just was thinking about ko today uh you know that would be a reason if you were thinking about the endron master and dirigible suit 
you know, he is, he is pricey, but this, you know, knowing that this mission is out there, knowing that sometimes you will need a hero to murder another hero in single combat, mm-hmm. you know, uh, in order to get those victory points, like that is now a much stronger case for that character, even though he's, he's pretty pricey. Yeah. And, and then, you know, there are other, there are other ways to, to kind of think about that mission as well. Like, and of course it's army dependent, but, um, like I can see like Gratz doing amazingly at that. Throw sure. a little, throw a little dude in the middle and then just swarm it with a, sh- a ton of Gratz. Yeah, they'll, they'll never get to him. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, or, or any other horde army, the, the fabled 800 Ungor. The 800 Ungor. Um, 10,000 Ungor. I swear the number just climbs right? so much. Um, but yeah, like horde armies. If anybody out there has that many Ungor, let me know. I'm getting there. I think the list is there. the list that we came up with. This is theoretical Ungor only list. And it's like 340 Ungor. So and, and a few and one uh, great Bray Shaman. I got a rag on you. You need two. You can't just have one. At what a two thousand points, you need two heroes. Hey, do you? Yeah. Oh well, then two uh-huh. heroes. <laughs> Whatever. Azir said it was fine. Where I have to build just <laughs> to prove Ricky wrong. I can Azir. still lose to him with it. I don't care. <laughs> Azir said it was okay. Oh, Azir. Uh, um, anyway, um, I, I, another uh, double set of missions that I think uh, you need to really consider are Scorched Earth and Better Part of Valor. Yeah, those are pretty fun. Um, and again, I would imagine you probably won't see both of these in the same mission. And I, and I do think like uh, that new mission, the Blade's Edge, uh, is similar. It's not really the same mission, but I feel like we could group it in to this discussion. Yeah, definitely. Right, so all three of the missions are um, high number of objectives, right? Scorched Earth is eight. Uh, better part of valor is six and then the blades edge is six scorched earth is pretty brutal because you need to hold your objectives um and you're trying to burn your opponent's objectives but so what this forces you to do is to just have a large number of units well in addition to that you need to be able to to figure out how you want to burn those objectives too right right it's almost like you're playing a game inside the game it's oh yeah fun. there's definitely some strategy about when to burn the objectives and when not to like i think they changed it so scorched earth you, you only really burn opponent objectives like it's you're not like yeah yeah uh, so uh i believe you have to and i'll flip to it real quick whereas uh better part of valor it's hold 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 burn your own it's burning an enemy territory and d3 instead of one victory okay and but, but that's a lot of. I mean, even if you were just trying to like keep a unit on all of your on all of, and and you do have to stay on them, right? Because it's uh, points every turn for for staying on them. I think or, you can tap and go. Am I thinking of Valor? Better part of Valor is the one where you actually have to sit there, and that's that's at least it's only three objectives on your side, so that's not quite as bad. But yeah. uh, but still, like you don't want to leave one open for a, for an enemy unit to just swoop in and burn. Yeah, um, but that could also be something that um, I could see being used uh, in a, a smaller, more elite army, right? So, uh, perfect instance would be uh, 
Brendan, Brendan's army. He's mm-hmm. got those Ford, Ford units. They're going to come in and crash and hit something. Um, I think on Scorched Earth you have to do it. But does he? Does yep, he second even battle have, round. Yeah. Does he even have enough units to have one on every objective and four to go forward? Well, I mean, I guess you yes. don't have to. If you've yeah. got Catacros and the Bone Shaper on one, and then more tech on each of them, it's still going to be a pain for everybody to uh, to get through them, unless you've yeah, unless you got lucky like I did, or you're just a shooting army. Sure. Um, but in in the context of of scorched earth, it's uh, you really only start getting the ability to torture your opponent's objectives on turn two. So that gives you a little bit of time to figure out uh, where you're going to reposition, where the biggest threat is. Uh, figure out whether you want to do a uh, an alpha strike if you're specifically playing an alpha strike army, or if you have an ambush army like I do. Right. Um, you can start coming in and um, either misdirect uh, your opponent to be like, oh, well, I don't want him burning this on my next turn, you know. Um, right. Which I, I just think it's really interesting it. because it's it's one of the handful of things in this game that really counteract the elite, you know, few drop uh, tendency that that we sort of go towards, right? Because you want that priority role. That's awesome. But you also want to like you also want to make sure you have enough units to handle an eight objective game. Yeah, um, you know, even a six six objective game, right? Dividing your army into three just makes it, you know, significantly less effective, and then you still need to leave stuff behind to hold points. And and to that point, though, um, I think that that also leans into like how some missions can like mess with your head. Right. Um, uh, and that's generally like why I say I'm usually a turn three or four player, uh, because I like to let the opponent think that they're going to either divide themselves up or second guess themselves and spread themselves too thin. A mission like that perfectly plays into my style of play. I think you can approach those in a couple of different ways because you can just sit on those and hold those points. Uh, you still get one per turn on Scorched Earth. I can't sure. remember what the other ones are. The um, better part of, of Valor, head. that's the one where you're. it's like hold, 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 and then like if you've held it the entire game, you can oh, cash it points. in for eight points or yeah. something like that. Um, that. That one encourages aggressive play, Yeah, uh, I think. But it, you know, because the objectives are going away, right? You need to be both fast and you need to be able to divide your army and still be, you know, still be able to hit hard where you need to. Which is why you should always play a cavalry army every time. (laughs) Uh, Better part of valor always uh, works in the favor of a defensive army. It just always does. Right, because because they're the ones who are sitting and then being able to burn their objectives, yeah, right at and, the end. And if you have like one strike, one one generally, I'd say it's like one thirty your points, maybe a little bit over. Mm-hmm. Usually in a defensive army, as far as what I've seen, um, which admittedly is not much, mm-hmm. but um, one third of those points generally are the you know the go out and screw somebody up. Go and do that. We're, the rest of us are just going to sit here and maybe, you know, late game, we're going to run up and get something. Sure. Hopefully. Maybe. We'll see. Right. Um, 
those those armies generally have an easier time uh, on a on a mission as spread out as that. Sure. Uh, 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 another thing to to mention: better part of valor is one that you need. Uh, battle line is the only thing that can hold objectives. Yeah. <laughs> so that's like an, another interesting wrinkle, and because it's so many so many objectives. You know, it it like really f- forces you to want to take more than just the three bare minimum battle line. Yeah, and and what it also does is um, because it's battle line only, people right. are going to be going for them right away. Oh, so, and if if your battle line is three five man units of liberators, you're going to lose this game. Yeah. So so what do you do then to like try and maul your opponent? Uh, or protect your liberators, which admittedly, why are you using three units of five? Yeah, I, I mean, I just I picked it as a bad idea. Oh no, I'm just asking the ether, not you. Yeah, uh, but <laughs> but yes, it is a bad idea. Um, shame on them! Shame on them! I've done it. I don't care. So, uh, so like, what have we what have we come up with as like some good idea rules based on our current mission obje- mission set as things you should really be thinking about when you're putting your army together. Uh, it seems like have at least at least three heroes, if not you know four four to five would be better. Uh, depending if, on what your book allows. Right? And if you can't do four or five, you need to have a plan for how you're going to deal with. You know, maybe you maybe you invest in snipers at that point, right? Where you're like, okay, I'm not going to be able to score a lot of points on places of arcane power or three places of power, but I'm definitely going to make sure they can't score very many points. Well, I think so. So there's there's the list building, right? And right. then there's the 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 in-game play. And sure. that's something I very much love about AOS. Uh with the list building, yes, definitely definitely heroes. Um I would say if you can just you know, do just do four. Right? Yeah, four is good. Uh make sure your all of your battle line units or you have at least three good battle line units. Yeah. Um you know that are more than just the minimum tax. And, 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 and again, this is book. There's a lot of books out here where that's not really a possibility or that's going to really screw you over in some other interesting way. Just know that like this mission is going to come up and you need to know how to do it. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I think I found myself with battle line units, um, ignoring the, the power plays that you can get with the, you know, the other units and start and, trying to find the heroes specifically that unlock more battle line in every book. Oh, sure. I'm now using those like, uh, you know, I use a beast Lord as a general now so that if I'm bringing best to on a list, they're going to be battle line. That's nice. one extra piece of battle line that I can have. Um, yeah. I am, uh, absolutely with the slaves of darkness. I'm just, I, everything is already battle line. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. The KO list I was looking at, everything was battle line, or almost everything was. It was like a du- I had a dual frigate list nice. with my with my general being the dirigible engine seer engine master, uh, and that he made balloon guys uh, uh, battle line, and in taking it in barracks Zilfin, the frigates become battle line. So the entire oh. list, or more or less the entire list, was battle line. That's uh, so gross that yeah. frigates are battle line. Uh, so that's kind of silly. Uh, but a lot of times you don't have that option and, and, you know, just, um, you know, finding ways to get your battle line. Uh, cause yeah, it is going to come up. 
One, one thing. And then I, there is one other. Uh, I should, we just mention it. Sorry, but not to cut you off. There is good. one other battle line uh, scoring objective in this uh, mission set, which we didn't talk about, but shifting objectives. Oh, yeah. And that one is a whole lot of fun. But that actually leads into what I was going to say. Nice. So that's awesome. Um, good podcasting skills. Almost, almost all the books um, that I have, at least. Sure. They have battle lines or the ability to get battle lines that have speed. You need battle lines that move more than six inches at some point. And sorry, dwarfs, you're just kind of SOL, but... Um, you can get battle line frigates, that's fine. The, the ability to react with just your, maybe not your cheapest troops, but the ones that will also have a, a higher chance of being able to take objectives in a game, especially if A, you're just rolling randomly uh, for your mission, or B, you're going to a tournament and you're already stocking up on battle line, right? Having the speed to react to something like shifting objectives where you're already getting an extra point for having battle line, but if that objective changes you should generally have another unit on it holding each of these. Right. Right. If, 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 if you're hoping to win. Right. Yeah. But yeah, but being able to like, Oh shoot. Now I really need this battle line over here. Or I really need to make sure that I like, I had two out of three with battle line, but now that third objective is the one that we really need to get. Yeah. And, and being able to react to either mission changes or just yeah. your opponent. And, and similarly having that tough battle line, holding those other two in our hypothetical scenario here uh, can actually make losing that uh, the, the special objective a lot less of a problem. Yeah. Right. So you've already won by, you know, having the other two points, even though they're not the primary objective and having them with the tough battle line. Yeah. And, um, and it, I, I find too, that I've noticed uh, a lot of my builds um, focus around blobbing multiple battle lines on one thing until I'm sure I've got it right. Make sure there's no, nobody left on the field that will uh, hit me from the flanks. Um, Or, you know, if there's somebody who's going to be able to summon, I've got a plan ready and then I can separate the fast moving battle line. Let's say with Sylvaneth, it's uh, the sword remnants, right? Mm -hmm. Then I can teleport them over after I know that dryads are down. They're not going to be moving. They got plus plus a bunch to their save, you know, yada, yada, yada. Right. It, and, and half the time I'll probably still lose cause it's Sylvaneth, but, sure. um, you know, once we, you know, we wouldn't want you to get like <laughs> ideas of grandeur. I know, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> um, but you know, once, once an area has been taken, that's just a battle line. All of your elite units can still be moving around and still preparing for the fast battle line to get in and hit a point that's already been kind of diluted mm-hmm. uh, because your elites have already hit it. Um, but the the speed is pretty important in a lot of these missions, A, with a lot of objectives or the shifting objectives, and sure. especially because they're battle line. The other bonus of that is that Battle line generally tend to be cheaper, so you can get more of them. Right. So the more you have of them, <laughs> usually it's going to be a little bit easier for you to take those objectives either early on if you need to do a rush or later on if you need to do a react rush, right? Right. Um, and but, 
So, and kind of tying with that, not just about Battleline, though, is the thing to keep in mind uh, with a lot of these missions is some of them score early and some of them score late. Mm-hmm. And knowing which mission is which and having having your game plan. There's only 18 missions. A lot of them are very similar. Like, like we've talked about a couple pairs of like missions that are incredibly similar. Um, and just sort of like knowing your game, like, is this a mission I need to score early? You know, do I need to... Do I need to take a commanding lead and then just like, you know, uh, you know, I think in a different mission from the one you played earlier from our, from the, that we talked about, uh, you know, Brendan's strategy of take a commanding lead on turn one and then hope that that's enough to sort of see you through the end that can work on a good number of missions. Yeah. And The other thing, though, is um, know when to take risks, right? Mm-hmm. Like, um, I, I remember specifically talking with him a, a couple of times about this after that game where he's like, you know, this mission screwed me. I'm like, I think the mission got in your head a little bit more because he had Catacros sitting there, admittedly getting him one extra point. Sure. But that's how much was he, like 400 some. A little bit less, whatever. We we already went through the points. I already forgot them. He's five hundred points. Yes. Um, yeah. No. Right. Like, how much? But, how much more could he have done if he had like given up those victory points? And I, and I and this is coming from someone who will always take victory points over killing somebody. But like, maybe in this in this scenario, when it's when we're talking about such a big investment. Yeah. Right. What if Catacros had just blitzed through the middle of the field and tied up your giant? goat shaped bean yeah uh, <laughs> red and brown have, bean right yeah exactly <laughs> um yeah like uh a lot of the a lot of the missions encourage you to take risks and um some of the missions are even turn dependent if you win a priority um you're now having your own your own little battle right where right. you'll get an extra point for i feel uh, like is forcing the hand that way that's the, that's one of the new ones i'm not as familiar with yeah, where is that the one where you remove an objective? Oh no, that's oh. the Blade's Edge. Hmm. Blade's uh, Edge is was, another one of those. Which was one I wanted to call out as being an interesting one because as the game goes on, there are fewer objective points available. Right. Yeah. So it is hard to make up a deficit in the late late in the game on the Blade's Edge. And priority roles are also determining you have the power to to either determine whether you're going to take an objective or you're going to let them take an objective. Right. Um, and by take, we mean remove from the board. Yes. Sorry. So, (laughs) so each turn, the, uh, person who is going second on that turn, uh, has the ability now to remove an objective from the board. Uh, so that's one less objective that you have to play and you can force your opponent to either abandon an objective or abandon attacking you to save some of your guys from getting, you know, killed so they can find another day. Right. Right. Um, and it kind of balances out the random turns a little bit. I I love that mission for it. It's, it's, it still gets me every once in a while where it's like, Oh man, I don't know if I should do this. I don't know what's going to happen. I've, I've definitely, uh, given up the double turn, to keep the objectives that I wanted on the board. 
Yep. Um, you know, I, uh, I know I've done that at least once as well. I, I don't regret the decision. It worked out, but it, like, like that's a really like giving up, like giving up a double turn is a huge deal. And, you know, and that is going back to what you were saying earlier. That's a mission that you need to start early on, like get all the objectives right away that you can, because right. then they start disappearing. Um, and uh, you can, Exactly. The the other one, the opposite side of that is uh, right. Star Strike. Yep. <laughs> uh, where uh, if is if you're on the board turn five, you can outscore your opponent. Yeah. Right. Because uh, I think all the objectives are worth five points in the last. Like they're just worth increasingly more as the game goes on. So it's a it's a survival at late game mobility kind of problem. And it also. It, but it, it could also just drop them off. I've, I've had at least two games of star strike where all the objectives came down in one thing. And it was just a, uh, a brawl of who's going to take it. Who's going to take it. Who's going yeah. to take it. Um, that one's inherently random. Um, so like, again, you need your speed, but um, it can, it can turn on you without you even realizing it. Yeah. Um, Matt, do we have any uh, nicely bundled uh, knowledge bombs to to drop on people uh, from all of this discussion that we could like? Is there a is there a thing if if we were going to say one thing about thinking about the mission set and and whatever we do come up with, I want to say it's going to be obsolete by the summer because we're going to get either a new edition or a new GHB or probably or I guess both. If we got a new edition, we would get both. Uh, I, I, I really hope not. I'm enjoying second edition. Just let it live. But, um, either way, no, I think there's, um, I think there's a, there's, there's a couple of different things, right. Um, and I'll, I'll try and condense it into a digestible loaf of wisdom. (laughs) Uh, admittedly not that much, but, um, I, um, I guess personally, I always try and build, a list in a vacuum Mm -hmm. and uh, a, because I'm really done with rules and I want to make sure that I know all my shit inside it out. No matter what the mission is, I want to know what I can do. Um, But also in, in, in building that one list, I am consistently thinking about every single mission. So that usually means, like I said earlier, bring more battle line than you think you need make sure at least half of that is super fast um, so that you can react to whatever mission is coming your way. Sure. Um, bring more uh, heroes than you think you need. Like if your list feels thin, it's probably better than a bloated list with all the stuff you wanted. Right. Right. Um, for the other, for the other things that you have built into it. So like if you're spending more points on characters, if it's, if you're losing a unit, uh, um, an arguably cheap chafe unit, to have a character that will help you in a situation, not only as a piece of your toolkit, but mm-hmm. also um, as an objective taker. Um, yeah, for do it. Yeah, as an objective taker, as a command point user. Yeah. Right. Like, and like, lots of reason to keep them around. Yeah. Um, make sure that you've got the speed there. There are ways to have speed in almost every army, whether or not you need to bring a soul screen or like, 
or a battle line with speed. Sure. Make sure that you you got a way to get. Or you got get that uh, tempest eye first turn one extra three inches or like. Yeah. Every army's got something, you know, or you're deep striking. I'm just thinking of dwarfs who are notoriously slow, but yeah. uh, right, you you got the you're, you're deep striking hearthguard berserkers. Yeah, and um, and more so, like know that when when you're going in a mission, uh, or when you're going up against an opponent, it's it's not just the opponent that you're playing. You're you're also playing the mission, like. Um, I fall into this too much of wanting to kill off somebody to get the objective. Oh no, it's very, it's really easy to do that. And right. And, cause, cause you just win, right. If you're the only one left on the board. Right. Um, and I gotta say a lot of times that's not true. <laughs> you know, I've yeah. lost being the only one left on the board and I've won being nearly tabled. Well, and, and this is one of the things that, uh, that I've learned from fighting Brendan a lot is like, no when to charge, no when to throw in and take that objective when you need it. Yeah. One extra point isn't going to win you the game in most cases, except for the one where you beat me by one extra point. Sure, but that's pretty rare <laughs> that you just win by one yeah. point. But um, like, no, no when to commit to it because the D3 extra points that you're going to have, you're only going to have one chance um, on scorched earth to get that. Right. Right. So make sure that you get it and make sure you have everything ready to get it. Uh, don't just throw something in because you think you can make a charge with one, you know, beast Lord with an awesome ax. Yeah. yeah. That's not going to win you the game. That's only going to lose you a beast Lord. And then you're going to roll a one and not get a spawn because that's how it always goes. Yeah. Uh, I've definitely had some missions where, you know, they were trying to hug the back edge of the objective or something. And yeah, instead of charging, I ran my unit so that I would just outnumber them. And like, yeah, I was going to get creamed the next turn. I was going to get needed, but it doesn't matter. Cause I scored my points. Exactly. And, uh, and when it comes down to it, it's a points based game and a movement based game and the, the missions really support it. Right. Yeah. So, uh, and and we'll have to do this whole episode again in six months when we get a new GHB or or edition or whatever. Oh, I'm gonna be so excited about that. Um, I I really hope that they continue to push the the benefits for going second. Um, I never really have a problem with it um, because uh, outside of the battalions, I'm normally you know at the mercy of whatever my opponent wants. Sure. Um, but the the more they make somebody question whether when they want to go first or second, mm-hmm. uh, the better the missions are. Yeah. I mean, as long as it's an inch, like it, as long as there's no clear best choice, that's the best time. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. And, and making your opponent have to think about that too yeah. is, is the best. I, Nothing better than watching your opponent <laughs> go, Oh no. Uh, yeah. That is the other thing. Uh, I think, for any of these things. And this, this is for anything in the game, but like, you know, practice, know your, know the materials, right? Like if you want to play well, know what all the missions are, know them inside and out and, you know, have played them each a couple times. Um, because, uh, not adding that extra layer of, uh, thinking to your game plan, right? Like not having to like, keep the mission at the forefront of your mind and just sort of like being able to go a little bit more on autopilot, you yeah. will make better decisions. Cause you just have to factor it. Like your cognitive load is, is lower. And then you'll know where to you'll, you'll actually know where to take those chances. Cause you know, where they knowing where to actually 
bet on the gamble of yeah. making that one charge that you need to win the game, right? No, exactly. Or I, overextending. I firmly think that being good at this game is about lowering the cognitive load, right? <laughs> yeah. This very, game is incredibly so. complicated. There's a lot going on. And the more you can just shut things out and like put things on autopilot, uh, that you've like got kind of worked out and like that autopilot, it's not going to be the best thing you ever could do, but as long as it's like 75% effective, like you're going to be so much better, uh, oh, than yeah. trying to micromanage everything and keep it all straight in one go. Yeah, most definitely. Um, that seems like a good place. I think we've come to a good place. Yes. <laughs> uh, so thanks everybody for, for listening uh thanks for you know again uh give us your feedback we'd love to hear about what you think uh the first person who counts how many ums i said uh we got that free uh ipod shuffle that yep. we're gonna give away uh just comment the the number whoever gets it first awkward pause is the microsoft uh oh what are they called the zoom yes there we go see awkward pause for me gets you a zoom <laughs> you can count one right there there we go <laughs> uh, sounds good uh, thanks for listening this has been uh, always always strikes last yeah thanks guys 